overview of fundraising from foundations. Hi, I'm Bill Sanjakavich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by the co-authors of chapter 38 in Achieving Excellence of Fundraising, the fifth edition, and that chapter is an overview of grant-making foundations. Our co-authors are Dr. Angela Logan and Dr. Pat Danahay-Janin. And Angela, thanks for being with us on the Fundraising School's podcast. Great to be with you today, Bill. And Pat, great to have you as well. Thanks so much. Happy to be here. And we need to note that the book would not have happened without Pat managing and directing uh, the four co-editors of that wonderful fifth edition of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising. Angela, let me start with you. Where should fundraising from foundations fit into the broader fundraising plan? It's a great question, Bill. And I would uh, say that foundations should be a part of any nonprofit's approach to their overall fund uh, development plan, but it shouldn't be the primary source. One of the challenges that uh, nonprofits can run into is that foundations may have different leadership, different staffing, different directions. And if they put all of their eggs in the foundation basket, that be could become problematic. Pat, could you continue that line of thought? Because I know all of us, the three of us have been in the sector for a long time, and we can see nonprofits who think that foundations can be just, you know, the magic wand, the big solution, because it's a big number. Uh, how do you feel nonprofits should keep foundation fundraising in proper context? Yeah, thanks, Bill, for asking that question. I think foundations, as Angela said, need to be part of the overall fundraising program. Uh, the numbers may seem big, but the cultivation of foundations takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And it needs to be seen as something that is a relationship, a back and forth between the nonprofit organization and the individual foundation or foundations. Some foundations give out large grants. A lot of foundations give out much smaller grants, but that can be equally important for a nonprofit organization. So what's important to to remember about foundations is that there are very many different kinds of foundations. This chapter really focuses on the private foundations. So we're talking about independent foundations, we're talking about corporate foundations, and we are talking about operating foundations. Community foundations are equally as important, but it's a different uh, model. So each foundation is very is very different, is inspired by different founders, and has different missions as well as ways of working. And it's important for nonprofits to take that into consideration and see how they fit with the foundation's mission and how the foundation can help them achieve their mission. And uh, just put a little data point on uh, this important issue raised by our two guests today. When you look at Giving USA each year, the amount of dollars available from foundations is less than 20% of the overall total. Now it's 20% of a really big number. Uh, in 2023, the reported number was a half a trillion dollars. So it's 20% of a half a trillion. Uh, but even about half of that is coming out of donor advised funds guided by individuals. And so again, a big number, but we need to keep this into perspective. Angela, as uh, you and Pat worked on this chapter, you really took great care in identifying, you know, some of the main factors, you know, kind of the general categories and reasons why foundations are making these grants. Can you help our fundraisers understand those, please? 
Absolutely. And Bill, if I could actually go back to your previous point, another thing that we want to think about in terms of private foundations, we also want to think about family foundations as well. And those two, because those are comprised of individuals, they, along with donor advised funds, are going to have a different sort of approach, different sort of impact than our more traditional private foundations. But as we think about the different types of foundations, we know that there are private foundations, including corporate giving arms from for-profit entities, as well as I just mentioned, family foundations, which have their own unique set of opportunities, particularly as nonprofits are looking to have conversations with the staff and in some cases, the family members who are still on some level, depending on what generation it is, highly involved in the grant making decisions. And so that becomes a really interesting sort of dynamic. The other thing that we want to think about in terms of private foundations is depending on the governing documents of that organization, the staff is going to play a role, but ultimately those decisions are going to be made by the board of board of directors. And that can play a significant role and have a tremendous impact on the decision-making that goes on. Staff, speaking as a former program officer at a private foundation, staff can have great influence, but at the end of the day, we don't make the final decision. And a wonderful distinction there that Angela's providing for us, a private foundation, especially one that's a bit larger, has staff or interacting with those staff. A family foundation where the founders or maybe their immediate descendants are uh, running the foundation, you're meeting with the family members. And these are things we need to, to learn about as we're doing our research. You know, Pat, you talk about that sometimes foundations want to be first. They want to set the agenda. Other times, they want to support what, what's happening. And, and through it all, there can be this consistency of strengthening the community. How do I understand these factors as I fundraise from foundations? That's a really good point. Foundations have different, uh, I would call them approaches to what they're doing. So just like you mentioned, some foundations are agenda setters. They want to be catalytic. They want to be at the forefront of issues. Um, so they may consider themselves as, as change agents. They also most likely have a higher risk profile. Internally, they're ready to take more risks on projects or programs. Then you might have other foundations that really want to look to the nonprofit leaders and say, you tell us what you need to do, and we want to support you in your efforts in the community. So you tell us what is important to the community. We're going to listen to them, and you're going to show us the way. And finally, and this is what research has shown, you might have community builders. They're very attentive to community needs. So they're going to be looking at gathering stakeholders together, listening to them, trying to understand what will move a community or an issue forward in a community. So each foundation or set of foundations may have a different approach and a different profile that uh, fundraisers should be attentive to, depending on their project or what they have in mind. Foundations publicize their guidelines, almost all of them entirely online. Back in the day, we used to get the hard copy books that we kept on our shelves. Thanks to the Internet, we don't have to do that anymore. And Angela, the chapter lays out kind of six steps that are necessary for uh, approaching foundations with a grant proposal. And the top one is research. And I just want to ask you from your own experience as a program director in a foundation, how many times did you just want to say, that's not us? You should have done your research. Is this a common mistake that you see in the nonprofit sector? 
If I, Bill, if I had a nickel for every time I uh, mumbled that phrase, we would be having this conversation from my private island. <laughs> and it's just a matter I said to um, applicants as well as say now to my current grad students. The number one reason why a foundation will not support the work of a nonprofit, you didn't read the directions. Did you look? We, we tell you it's hidden in plain sight. We tell you what we're looking for. In our grant guidelines, they're going to be on the website. It will show you what are the things that the foundation will fund and what are the things that the foundation doesn't fund. Often foundations will also have on their website their uh, past grant, their past awards. So you can, and so we generally know that past is prologue. So if they funded in that area before, chances are they'll fund in that area or something similar to that again. And so it's imperative for nonprofits to actually do a little homework, do a little digging at, because the information is out there. And even looking at how a funder frames their request for proposals, they're telling, they're leading you into what they're looking for in this request. That's why I said it's hidden in plain sight. But too often we have this, uh, nonprofits will have this great idea. Now, to be fair, if a nonprofit came to a funder and said, we have a cure for the common cold, even though it's not in their giving guidelines, if it's, as Pat mentioned, if they want to be the kind of foundation that's uh, leading the pack, they'll put some things aside, but it has to be a magic bullet that will transform society for a funder to go outside their giving guidelines or go beyond the type of funding they've done in the past. And until and unless that happens, we'll be visiting Angela on that private island, uh, especially during the Indiana winter. That's a great thought. Uh, Pat, when we think about foundations too, I mean, there are times when they say, you know, don't call us, we'll call you. We do not accept unsolicited proposals. Or there are other times they say, hey, first send us a letter of interest, a letter of intent, and then we'll let you know if we want to proceed further. But if we get into these deeper steps, uh, is you know how important is it to form relationships with the people who work in foundations? We do that when we're raising money from individuals. Is the foundation just this organization or what approach as a fundraiser do I need to take to form relationships? Like when Angela was a program manager at the foundation with the people who are working there. Yeah, it's really important to form relationships with foundations. Yes, it is an organization, but it's made up of people. And depending on the profile of the organization, you may have a number of people who are looking at these different grant proposals when they move through the system. So it's important to like Angela said, do your research, look at the history, the program areas, the grant application process, know about how this foundation works. Um, then it's also important to see where the alignment is between the foundation and your own nonprofit organization. What does that alignment look like? How can you describe it? How do you see it? And where do you see the foundation working where you might actually be able to encounter someone from the foundation or another grantee who has received funding to better understand their process? How might you inform the foundation of your organization's activities on a general level and your specific 
interest in what you're seeking a grant for. So all of these continual, I would say, communication points, um, ways of entering into contact with a foundation can form a long-term relationship that Maybe the first time an organization applies for a grant, the answer is no. It doesn't mean that the answer will always be no, because maybe it had to be no. There are very there are more requests for funding than foundations can honor, so therefore they have to say no. But it can also give you the time to either advance in your project or perfect your approach, increase your communication, and develop this relationship. Wonderful guidance in Chapter 38 of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, an overview of grant-making foundations. Again, talking about types of foundations, the factors that influence their grant-making decisions, uh, and guidelines in six categories of steps that nonprofits need to be taking when fundraising from foundations. I'd like to ask each of you, uh, you know, just final advice, final guidance, and Angela, I'll start with you, uh, that you have for fundraisers as they're thinking about fundraising from foundations. One of the biggest tips um, to piggyback on Pat's last point is one of the things I often tell um, stu my students is that I ask the question, how many of you in general give money to strangers? Very rarely do we give money to strangers. And so it's about building a relationship. And the other uh, piece of advice that I often give is that Foundations need nonprofits as much as nonprofits need foundations. Foundations are required by the IRS to give away a certain percentage of their endowment annually. So they need or they need nonprofits to help them fulfill their mission. So if your mission is aligned with the foundation's um, mission, that's a good first step in building and starting the relationship and opening a door to having a conversation. Pat, how about yourself? Words of advice for fundraisers as they pursue grants from foundations? Yeah, I think uh, my main word of advice is look at the relationship of the foundation to the community that the nonprofit is, is working in and, and see how present the foundation is. Also, look at the foundation within the larger context of foundations. We have a lot of foundations that group together around themes. We have foundations that group together around a certain type of fund that is meant to do something. It can be confusing, but try to look at the larger picture. Um, um, a second picture, a second point I would like to make is if you're looking for a local action, look for a local foundation. If your action is more on a regional or a national level, then you can start looking at regional or national uh, foundations that are active on those levels. But make sure that your request is in alignment with the size and the scope of your project. Good practical advice, Pat. Thank you so much. And Angela, I just want to echo your point as well about how foundations and other nonprofits need each other. At the fundraising school, we teach fundraise with confidence, fundraise with pride, don't fundraise with apology. And that applies to foundations. It can be so easy for a fundraiser to think, oh, they have all that money and I'm coming to them open handed. And I would just encourage everyone to follow Angela's advice uh, that foundations are nonprofits. They write annual reports. They want good stories in their annual reports. They have legal re requirements they need to meet. They have boards that they want to keep happy. Uh, and they also want frontline expertise. And we can bring all of those with us when we're fundraising 
from Foundation. So, Angela, thank you for that word of encouragement. Absolutely. And Pat, thank you for the great advice uh, and insights that you provided as well. Again, Chapter 38, an overview of grant-making foundations, Dr. Angela Logan and Dr. Pat Danahay-Jannon joining us on this podcast from the Fundraising School, where we have nearly two dozen courses, one of them specifically on fundraising from foundations and grant management. We're going to be aspirational. We're going to hope that you get that grant. We're going to teach you how to manage that grant as well. Our courses lead to four different certificates. We have customized training that we can bring directly to your nonprofit or your region or your association. And all of our courses are available in person or online, live or recorded, anywhere around the world. We have our quarterly webinars and these free podcasts. You can also obtain Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, all on our website at philanthropy.iui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. So grateful to our guests today on this podcast. Our producers are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich. And now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.